Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you heard hour one because it was great. If you missed it, you can always go to myfaithradio.com. Check it out. You're under no obligation to do so, but I would certainly encourage you to do it. I just had Dr. Greg Borgond in. We were talking about ethics and values, and that was, as always, pretty dense stuff. I mean, usually I have to listen to that once or twice just to process it because he gives lots of info. And say, if you have had uh, an opportunity to fill out a survey on my behalf, I I don't blame you if you're not a survey person, because a lot of the times when I am asked to do a survey, I go, "Uh uh-uh, not going to do it. But this one is just on behalf of my show here at Faith Radio, and we're always looking for ways to make it better. And if you uh, have a suggestion, I think there's room on the survey to do so. And if you fill it out, I think it takes three or four minutes, tops, um, you are entered into a drawing for an Amazon gift card. And I think the gift card is for a million dollars or two million. I can't remember what it's, maybe it's... It's more than one. <laughs> more <laughs> than one dollar. Maybe it's like $20. I, I don't know. I think it's 25 bucks. Yeah, well, there you go. Let's so that's worth something, yeah. yeah. So, and your opinion is worth something to us. It is indeed. So if you were just to text the word survey to 877-933-2484... Uh, you will get the link, and you just fill it out, and it takes just a minute or two, and then you're in the drawing for the Amazon gift card. So that would be my ask, uh, only if you would give me a really high mark. Otherwise, if you don't like me, don't not, do not fill it out. Okay. Now, we've got Dr. Glenn Pickering in studio with me, and I'm looking at James chapter 1. And when you read this passage, what do you think when it says, in, in starting in verse 2, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials, of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. That's always been a verse that I think many people have struggled with, and I think we're going to process some of that today with uh, Glenn. Glenn's a psychologist in in practice, private practice. He's also an author, and you can go to glennpickering.com to learn more about Glenn, and that's Glenn with two N's, G-L-E-N-N-P-I-C-K-E-R-I. I-N-G dot com. Glenn, welcome back. Thank you. It's, I love being on this show. I love having you on. <laughs> well, great. I think a lot of people, a lot of Christians, uh, at one point looked at that verse mm-hmm. in James and went, how can all these trials I'm suffering and going through, why should I consider it pure joy? You know, that's a great question. I, I actually wanted to talk about this because a few days ago, um, last week, I was reading that beautiful Psalm 118, which has so many very familiar verses in it, and some of which have been turned into popular songs. And one of the things it says is, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Now, it's easy to read that and think, oh, yeah, that's right. But I think, look around. <laughs> this this is, I, I kept thinking, this is the day the Lord has made? <laughs> we got COVID. We got <laughs> cultural chaos all over mm-hmm. the place. We got crazy things happening every yeah. day. This, <laughs> this, this is the day the Lord has made? And it just got me thinking about all kinds of things like that, which is part of why I turned to James, because James really gets, yeah, count it as a joy when you meet various trials, for you know it produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. 
It's like, wow. See, now, those are really easy words to say during the good times. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, sure, you know, <laughs> trial proofs, steadfastness, that makes us a better person. Absolutely, you bet, sure. <laughs> and then we go through times like this, COVID and financial struggles and kids' struggles and cultural revolution going on everyone. It's like, wow, how do you live that out? In times like this, that's challenging. And suddenly those become not just such little easy words to say and to read, but mm-hmm. it's like, wow, that's, that's, let's be honest, that's a challenging sentence. James knew something pretty important, though. Yeah, that's what I think, too. And, um, and for me, you can read that and think, you know, if you don't just read it and not think about it, but you just read it and think, okay, let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If you read that carefully, you have to come away with the question, what does that mean? Like, if you take that seriously, what does that even mean? And as nearly as I can tell, it kind of comes down to this. Our faith grows the most during our most difficult times. So if I was going to make a list of the five times in my life that were the literally most difficult times to go through, times I literally, literally wouldn't wish on anybody, and another list of times when I grew the most as a person and as a Christian, of course, it'd be the same list. Wow. And those were, those were dark moments in your yes, life, weren't they? bleak when you start to think, what bleak, is even dark. happening? Mm-hmm. Man. And so I would love it if any of you listeners who have been through a tough time lately and just starting to come out the other side and you see that you've grown in some way or learned some important lesson, I'd love it if you would call us, text us, fax it to us. Just let us know that story just in a few sentences about the struggle and the lesson that you learned. Probably because it would be really helpful to us for our show today, but more importantly because it would be so helpful to our listeners, many of whom are going through really tough times right now. Mm -hmm. Just be encouraged and inspired to think, right, we do go through hard times, and there are lessons, and there are things we learn, and there are ways in which we grow, and it's just powerful to remember that that's true. Yeah, there's quite a bit of comfort and familiarity. So if you've gone through some very difficult trial, and you'd be willing to say, I'm now either on the other side of it, or I've seen a light... Right. And I've grown in my faith in a way that is just profound. That would be such an encouragement if absolutely. you could call and share yep. that. You're absolutely welcome to come on the air and call us at 877-933-2484. Maybe you'd be courageous enough to do that. Maybe you'd also just feel more comfortable sending us a text message. And you can do that at, at the same number, 877-933-2484. The power of uh, the story and the testimony, Glenn, is just uh, so helpful. That's what I think, too. There's, sometimes people say, how do I talk to people about my faith? And they want to know what Bible reference they should use to try and help other people understand their faith. And I think your story is what people need to hear. Mm-hmm. Your faith is your story. Yeah, exactly. All right, the phone's lighting up already. This Great. is good. All right, um, so tell me what happened uh, when, your, when your dad passed away. Well, That must have been a dark, bleak time. Oh, my gosh, it was. You know, so... When we say that this is the day the Lord has made, we need to understand that they, that day includes trials, which sounds weird. And those trials can either strengthen our faith or destroy it, depending on the degree to which we're open to letting God transform our faith, our lives, through those trials. And it's interesting to me, whether we want to acknowledge it or not, we're going to find out during those trials whether we have a faith built on sand or a faith built on the rock, like Jesus talked about in Matthew 7. So... My dad did die when I was 19. He was 46, a truly good man, six kids living at home, a wife who'd never worked outside the home, taught Sunday school, dead at 46. And I got to tell you, 
I knew at that moment that my house was built on sand because the only parts of my faith that I had were things other people told me. Well, Say that again. That's really profound. Yeah, I just think... So I was 19, you know, so I had heard lots of people, for example, say, hey, if you're a good person and you do the right things, then good things happen to you. Mm-hmm. Well, my dad was the goodest person I knew, and he was always trying to do the right thing. I mean, literally without fail. Mm-hmm. He and I never, he and I didn't always agree. But we never disagreed because I thought he was trying to do the wrong thing. You know what I mean? I mean, he was so serious about always wanting to do what was right. Mm-hmm. Dead at 46. Mm. So sorry. Well, then, yeah, and then your Sunday school lessons are going to help you through that one. And that's when you find out, oh, I only had the faith that other people gave me. Words like that, like, hey, you know, everything's going to be okay. God is always with you. Even in hard times, you'll just know that you're not alone. But I got to tell you, I felt alone pretty much all the time. And and none of those little cliches that people gave me were helpful to me. And so I had a faith that was built upon the sand. And I came to understand this. It has to be true because weird as it sounds, we actually only develop our faith through difficult times. Now, that doesn't sound right, but I promise you it's true. If if I say to a plumber, hey, if I just read a book, could I be a plumber? They're going to look at me, roll their eyes. In your case, probably <laughs> turn, yes. But turn, anyway. their head, turn their head and walk away because they're going to think, oh, you don't know anything. Because here's what happens. If you ask a plumber, how'd you get to be a plumber? They're going to tell you, yeah, I went to school, I read the books, did all that. And then I've gone into hundreds of homes and businesses and offices and small towns and big towns and old houses and new houses. In every single place, there was something that wasn't in the book that I had to figure out. <laughs> yeah. That pipe wasn't really right, right. A pipe exploded. Yeah. Something wasn't up to code. It was a house from 1934 when they didn't do things the way they do it now. And every single one was hundreds and hundreds of times I had to figure out how to apply my knowledge to solve that particular problem. Mm-hmm. And once you've done hundreds and hundreds of those homes and businesses, then you're a plumber. Right. Until you've actually done it, you're not a plumber. You're just the person who read a book about plumbing. (laughs) And what I found out is that I was just a guy who'd been reading a book about faith. (laughs) Yeah, but but, I hadn't not living it out. But I hadn't lived it out in the same way about really understanding how does any of this apply when we go through hard times. And it's only when we go through those hard times and come off the other side with a stronger faith that we realize, oh, this is what it means to have a faith that's built upon the rock. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, Glenn, I think I'll take a little break. Great. Dr. Glenn Pickering is my guest. And if you have gone through uh, a hardship and, and you found yourself in a dark, bleak place thinking, where is God in all this? But what really what was going on was God was shaping your faith in a profound way. And now you've moved to the other side and you started your, and you can clearly see the difference it's made. That story, if you can keep it nice and concise, would bless our listeners in a big way. And you can call us or text me, 877-933-2484. Be right back. Dr. Glenn Pickering is my guest, and I've invited listeners to call in with stories when they have been confronted with challenging, difficult times, incredible trials. We're talking about James chapter 1, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. And might have been dark, might have been bleak, but you got on the other side of that, and it's awfully good to uh, hear stories of testimony. Karen's on the line uh, from Minnetrista, Minnesota. Karen, 
Welcome to the show. So glad you called. Well, hi. Hi. Hi, Bill. Hi, Glenn. Hey, welcome. This is Karen. Yes. You have a comment, a story? What do you have for us, Karen? Yes. Well, I took the plunge. I always listen. I never call. But I was just... <laughs> Way to go. Just, I was just convicted to call because of the recent thing that I've gone through. About a year ago in May, I fell off my bike, broke both of my wrists, um, and I needed surgery on the one. The other one healed with a brace. Um, long story short, I was prescribed some medication for insomnia um, mm. that even happened before my accident and then um, couldn't do anything for myself. So you don't have to think too far to know what I couldn't really do for myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, my husband was great. He came to my rescue and was just there. He was phenomenal. I was so thankful for his help. And, um, you know, I was depressed and I got I was on some other medications that my doctor thought would help me. And I wound up just not even feeling any better. It was a, it was a terrible journey. I look in the mirror and I wouldn't even know who I was. So um, I really reached out to a lot of my prayer warrior friends and I asked for prayer. Um, I just, I was so thrown by this whole episode in my life. Um, I prayed about it and I said, Lord, maybe this is where you want me to be still. And this is, I'm going to be still. I'm going to listen for your voice. Good for you. And it was tough, man, because it was just, you know, when you can't do things physically for yourself, you know, it brings you down to a whole new level of being dependent on others. Yeah. And it made me just lean into the Lord, lean into the people that he had placed in my life. Right. And I came through on the other side. Thankfully, I was able to taper off this medication with the help of a functional med doc, as well as a traditional medicine doc. And I am so thankful. I am I'm way feeling way better than I ever did. And my faith has just gone deeper. My roots have just gone way down to the it. like water table. I think, I think so <laughs> I'm, often. I'm just like, yeah. I think so often the lesson that we have to learn is perfect, like just how you said it, that we need to learn that, wow, when we say God walks with us, that means God will open doors that we couldn't have done ourselves, but that God will also work through the people in our lives to touch us in powerful ways. And we will come out that other side knowing that we're not alone. And so then when we hear that God says we are never alone, we don't just think it sort of as an idea. We think, wow, it is really, really true. So in Hebrew says we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. It's like, wow, that's actually real. And it's powerful to know that and it's true. Exactly. And the verse that really helped me, too, was no eye has seen, no ear has heard, right. no mind can comprehend what God has planned for those who love him. Right. So I was like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. No Go matter what. show it to me. Let me see this. what you got. All right. Well. Yeah. Bring it on. Yeah. Oh. Carrie, hey, you, Karen, thank you, you did for outstanding calling. today, oh my just goodness. so you know. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. I'm glad you acted on your instinct. We are not alone. Yeah. It's a powerful well, lesson. It, it w As our pastor said, I acted on my GP, the God prompting. I like love it. it. I love that. All right, another uh, caller. Alex is calling in. Alex, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, guys? We're doing great. First of all, I want to thank you for what you guys do. I listen to you guys like 24-7, and Perfect. you guys have been a real inspiration. 
My story is real simple. Uh, about seven year, years ago, I was in a car accident. Uh, ended up in the hospital for seven months. Wow. Uh, broke my back, my shoulder, my leg, and I had some head trauma. And the doctors told me that I'm pretty much, uh, my life is done and right. there's nothing more I can do. Wow. And I'm, I'm one of those kind of guys, would you say that to me? It's like, you know, get out of the way. Let me show you what I can do. <laughs> but while I, while I was in the hospital, I started reflecting on, you know, what, what happened. And for so many years, God was trying to get my attention, but I was just too busy for him. Uh-huh. I would say, God, I got, I got this. I'll call uh-huh. you when I really need you. <laughs> well, after I think the third time, he put my butt in the hospital for seven months. And basically what he was saying is like, hey, I have plans for you. You just got to sit down, relax, and listen to me. Well, when you're confined in a hospital bed for seven months, there's really no <laughs> a, place for you to go. A lot of listening so time. <laughs> yeah, yeah so I was right. kind of his cat. I was kind of his captive audience for a right. long time. All right. And then I saw all these other people that were worse uh, conditioned than I was, and they just walked around with love and happiness. And I go, okay, th- I want what they want. Right. So after I got to the hospital, uh, I got addicted to oxycodone because the doctors kept oh, on telling sure. me to take right. it, take yeah. it, take it, take it, take it. And after I got out, I was driving down Snelling Avenue in St. Paul here, and I drove into Northwestern University parking lot. I had my motorcycle. I have no idea how I ended up in, in front of admissions, but I was there. So I knew this was a God thing. Well, to make a long story short, I graduated from Northwest with a bachelor's and a master's in theology, and it was a seven-year program. <laughs> wow, way to and go. I did it at, Amazing. And I did it at Four and a half years. So when people tell me <laughs> that there is no God, I go, tell, let me tell you my story. There right. is a guy. You just right. got to sit down, shut up, and listen. <laughs> All right. So it really was about letting God be on your team. I just, I just, these stories are powerful. I just want to kind of underline a couple things just real quick. So I told you that my, I found out that my faith was built on the sand and I needed to learn how to build it on the rock. And what happens when we build our faith on the rock was what we actually build is a relationship with the living Lord. That's the rock. And so, Absolutely. so the stories that we've heard so far, and I promise you every story like this will fundamentally be a story about, I learned literally to let God be on my team, to build that relationship, to not just try and do everything myself, to let God and all the people in my life who love me be on my team, be helpful to me, build a community. And so many things became possible for me once I quit trying to do everything myself. I just want to read the well, rest of this. Just, I'll come right back to you. I'm just going to read this last little part from James that follows the part we quoted already. It says, We were utterly, unbearably crushed in Asia, so badly that we despaired of life itself. We felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on the God who raises the dead. And I think it's so powerful. The most powerful lesson in the world is to understand we are not alone. Alex, you have a great story. Thank you so much for calling the program and sharing it with us. Absolutely, guys. Have a blessed day. Be safe out there. Yep. You've inspired both of us. Nice. All right. Mary Ann has got a... um, Um, Hi, Mary Ann. How are you? I'm good. And you? I'm terrific. Thank you for calling. I wanted to quickly thank Alex for that story because sometimes you'd sit down and just laugh at yourself other than being angry because we just right. got you to. Right. <laughs> so point. true. That's so true. For my story, I was, I'm from Africa, Kenya, and I used to read the Bible honestly. And when it came to Ephesians 6 12, it talks about we wrestle not against flesh, blood, but against principalities and, you know, and 
in this in the, against spiritual weaknesses. Right. I really wanted God to help me understand because in my mind, as a little girl, I used to think, oh, maybe that's the that's the polit- political world. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, I just left it at that. Right. So this, I, I got the answer to this last year. Um, I was engaged and uh, was pregnant with our daughter, and my dad, my daughter's dad, left me in the middle of my uh, pharmacy school, the last year pharmacy school, oh, and. Man went and left. And oh. that was so devastating, such a big heartbreak. I have a three-month-old. I need to finish school. So right. what am I supposed to do? It was such a devastating time. And no, nobody could console or convince me to, you know, to put down my pain and my anger, right. my resentment, all of right. that. And so I, I, I just resorted to going back and starting to listen to preaching. Most of the preachers, I had already uh, listened to them on Faith Radio. So I went back and started touching in and wanting to understand what it was. And most so then I, I ran into spiritual um, spiritual warfare. Sure. And I can understand that this was a spiritual warfare. Yep. And, that, and that people are in various stages of their own personal journey. And they may be doing things, you may think that, oh, they're particularly doing it against you, but it's something that's happening within themselves. So I right. also have right. that yep. I have with. And over time... I started understanding about forgiveness and not judging others and all of that. Oh, look at that. All right. This threw me to the other corner of building my self-esteem, my confidence, which I was really struggling with because I was afraid of working as a pharmacist, but, you know, not having that self-esteem to help heal people, to help with, with giving the right medication. So after all of this, some courage, energy, and understanding the Bible became more clear and apparent to me. It, I, I don't know. I don't have the words to really describe how this whole process transformed to the person I am right now. But I'm really thankful. Oh, beautiful! Wait, I would. Sum, I would. Sum, you said you don't know how to summarize it. I think you're saying this: that you now have a strength from the inside out that you didn't have right. before. Which I didn't have before, and right. I went. I had and all of these things prior to all of this. I went to uh, a therapist and all of this cognitive behavioral therapy did not help me have a way. But this one experience, by the time I got to the other end, having all the preachers coming together, preach in their own, um, um, you know, spiritual essence from God really spoke to me in a mighty way. And at the end, I just became a totally new creature. This Bible verse became more clear to me. And the Bible, you know, the Bible just, just went on in my head. Mm. (laughs) And now I'm, I'm, I'm work. I I wanted to go into a different purpose that I feel like God has given me to actually work with people on, with, with depression. Cause uh, when I work on the counter as a pharmacy intern right now, I see people, various medications right. and they come complaining oh this is not working and this is not working but i really want people to understand that uh, I, I, and i pray god to meet you at that one moment of need in time hmm. that he'll be able to help you take the scales off your eyes like he did on uh, in 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 soul when he switched his name to uh, to paul then you'll be able to see i've been able to manage my depression i don't stay there too long that's fantastic and, uh, marianne we're up against and, a hard break so i'm gonna have to yeah. ask you to yeah stop your story thank there um but thank sorry. you so much no no no, no it's, it's so great beautiful, beautiful thank story. you the computer is going to take the show away here in about one second, so I don't want to cut it off in advance. But thank you for your great story. Dr. Glenn Pickering is our guest. Uh, call or text with your question. Be right back. My way. Do I have to keep on talking till I can? 
James chapter 1, it talks about consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And I don't know if you've struggled with that verse, if you can consider it pure joy when you're facing trials, but (laughs) Dr. Glenn Pickering is my guest, and we're chatting about all the different episodes in life where things were dark or bleak, and you felt like, hmm, where is God in this? Is this the day the Lord has made? Because my life is a little bit miserable, but now you've worked through that, and you're on the other side of it, and now you've got a story to tell, and we'd love to hear that story. Share it with our listening audience, because it's enormously encouraging, Yep. and frankly, we love hearing it. So you can call and tell the story on the air. You can uh, remain anonymous if you like. It's uh, 877-933-2484. And you can also text the same number, 877-933-2484. I've got a listener here, Glenn, says, I almost died when my Crohn's disease got so bad. It wasn't until I gave up my control I thought I had over my condition (laughs) and gave it to God that I got better. I full-heartedly agreed to his will. Death or remission, I ask for his will to be done. Now almost five years in remission, I'm closer to the Lord and thank him for every day I'm healthy. I love it. I I wrote in my book, Being a Gentle Man, which is not a plug, by the way, about how I said the only thing harder for me than letting go of control was admitting I never had any. Hmm. No kidding. (laughs) We like to say, well, I let go of control. No, no, you didn't. (laughs) Okay, so... We talked a lot about lessons people learn, about really seeing that we're not alone. And I think, you know, it's easy for us when we go through trials to feel like we are alone. It's not true, but it almost always feels like that. So even Jesus on the cross, he quotes the beginning of Psalm 22, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? I mean, when we go through trials, we really do feel alone. And it's part of why I read that other part from James where they said, you know, we so despaired of life itself, we feel like we received the sentence of death but just made us rely upon God. And I think, right, if we pay attention, we learn the most powerful lesson of all, which is that we're not alone, that God and our community are always around us. And so if we pay attention, we'll see his hand working through our lives, partly by doors that open that we couldn't have opened ourselves, and partly by people who come into our lives who bring us certain gifts. Sometimes people say, Glenn, I know you love being on KTIS, which, by the way, I do, so thank all of you. Um, They say, how did you ever get to do that? And I just laugh, and I say, well, here's the deal. I was doing a seminar somewhere, and, you know, everywhere I go, I just try and give it my best self. And somebody loved that seminar, and they told somebody else about it, and Bill heard about it, and he thought, well, maybe I want to go see that seminar. So he did. And he thought, well, that's really cool. So he read one of my tag books, and he was doing a show called Triple Espresso back then, which is incredibly funny. If you ever get a chance to go see that, you'll have to. Anyway, but he wasn't even on the radio. So then we just knew each other over time. He got a was on the radio occasionally, and so he'd have me on sometimes, and then sometimes he'd have me on the real recovery show. And then he started being in the afternoon and started inviting me into the occasional afternoons, which has been totally fun. And it's like, well, so people basically are really asking me, Glenn, how did you make that happen? And I'm so clear, I did not. (laughs) I'm just open to the things that God opens and the people that God brings into my life. And really, that's all we're called to do. And a lot of times that's the powerful lesson that we need to learn during our trials is to be just open to all the amazing things that God and the people who love us are trying so hard to do in our lives. As opposed to thinking, I got to make that all work out. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Glenn. Yeah, no, here's the other cool thing. So then here's what we learn. Let's say we go through these tough times and we learn powerful lessons. That's cool by itself. But it's important for all of you listeners to understand this. The lessons are not just for ourselves. 
those times when God shapes our character make us great witnesses for other people. It's important to understand your story is what's helpful to other people, which is why it was so intense about asking people to call in because it's our story that's helpful. Um, so, um, so sometimes people say, well, Glenn, I'm not going through a struggle, but somebody in my life is. What should I do? And I think there are two things you should do. Well, first of all, let me tell you about two things not to do. We tend to either um, sort of think we want to jump in. Somebody says, my life is hard, this COVID thing, oh, my goodness. And we're like, yeah, you're right, this is terrible, this is awful, what an awful time we're living in. And we sort of jump on that. We play what I will call team tag, where we both agree that something else is terrible. <laughs> and it's important to remember, that's not helpful. That just makes the person feel like, oh, my gosh, it really is hopeless. <laughs> well, the gift of hopelessness is not a gift. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. a curse. <laughs> so just jumping on that and saying, you're right, it's terrible, is not helpful. But it's also not helpful to deny that or fix it. Oh, it's really not that bad or buck up or it's going to be okay soon or you shouldn't feel like that. Like People give us so much bad advice that has to do with basically don't feel like that or trying to fix it for us. I remember after my dad died, so many people came up to me and said things like, well, you know, Glenn, your dad's in a better place now. And I wanted to hit them, I got to tell you. I think, I wasn't worried about my dad. <laughs> I was worried about all the rest of us. Like, what are we going to do? Yeah, a better so, place would be back in your house. <laughs> Thank you very much. So it's important to remember, it's not our job to jump on that wagon, but it's not our job to deny it either. It's our job to be empathetic, like, yep. Man, you're right. This can be a really hard time. And then ask this powerful question. What can I do to help? Empathy plus help. That's God in action. So if we want to be, if we're going through a struggle, we need to remember there are powerful lessons and we need to be open to them. Mm-hmm. If somebody in our life is going through a, str- a struggle, we need to remember they need our empathy. Not you're right, the terrible, but yes, I can see why that's hard for you. See, agreeing this is terrible is impersonal. I can see why that's hard for you is personal. That will make a person feel understood and cared for. And then to say, how can I help? Not fix it, not decide for them what's right, but ask them, how can I help? It says later on in James, you know, faith without works is dead. And so if we just say, oh, yeah, you're right, that's tough, and walk away, well, that's not helpful. But it is helpful to say, I totally get it. How can I be of help to you? Now, here's the part that I want to people to call in about. So I'll listen up, if you would, please, for a second, because this really matters. It says in 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, that God comforts us in our affliction so that we might be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort that we ourselves were comforted by God. We're supposed to take the lessons we're learning and the comfort we've had to be comforting to somebody else. And I promise you this. I know this is true. Every single day, there's somebody in your life who needs you. Now, it might be a small thing they need, like a smile or a question or a call or just a text to ask them how they're doing. Because all those things let them know that they're not alone. And those can be big turning points. uh, Whenever I do a seminar or a sermon and somebody somebody comes up afterwards and says, Glenn, that was really helpful to me, I always ask, what was it that was helpful? Not because I'm trying to, you know, need pats on the back. I just really want to know what was helpful. And I was at a seminar once, a weekend seminar, so I was with those people for like 20 hours. And afterwards, a guy came up to me and said, Glenn, this seminar changed my life. And I said, really? What, what was helpful? Because I always want to know. And he said, well, all the stuff you taught was helpful, but the thing that really changed my life is during break time, there's a gal who came up to you and was talking about a struggle she was having. And you know how you're always talking about God is the power that connects us, God is love, love is that which binds all together living things, blah, blah, blah. 
And I get that that's true. But she was talking to you. You stood close to her. You put your hand very gently on her shoulder while you listened. You paid careful attention. And I saw her eyes light up. And I saw God. I saw God in that moment. That connection between the two of you, that was God. And that lit up her life. I saw her eyes literally light up when you were talking to her just by listening to her, touching her gently while you were listening. You said, that changed my life. And I say that to your listeners not because I need glory, but because I just need you to understand God doesn't need you to do great works. God can do great works through our small acts. It's powerful to remember that. So I just ask you, just to call in with any small thing that somebody did for you that changed your life, or anything you did for somebody else that you later found out was really helpful to them, because this will be a great, great thing for our listeners to hear about, to really understand what are the sorts of things that change people's lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've always said there's nothing inconsequential in God's economy. Mm-hmm. So if there's something that you thought wasn't a big deal, right? and maybe it turns out it was a significant deal, right? those are really wonderful stories because right. they're great reminders of what can I do? And maybe it's a very simple, right. easy thing. Right. Mm-hmm. I, it could be that you listened when somebody was struggling and then just asked how you could help, like I said a minute ago. Mm-hmm. It could be just your listening itself that makes a difference. It could be... Just you're calling and say, hey, if you want to come visit tomorrow, you sure can. It can just be the smallest thing. Honestly, even a text that just says, how are you doing? Yeah. I got a text like that just the other day from a family member, and it just so touched my heart. It's like, oh. Like, it's one thing to say I care. But again, back to the thing, faith without works is dead. But if I say I care, but don't put that into action, the people in my life will not feel cared for. But by putting it into action, even those small seeming ways, really, really then sends a message of love and care. And remember, the biggest lesson to learn is that God is always in our life and that God works through opening doors for us and through the people in our lives. So when the people in our lives reach out to us in that loving way, it just really confirms while God really is at work in our world. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. And I love this verse, Glenn, in Second Corinthians uh, yeah. chapter 1, God comforts, comforts us in our affliction so mm-hmm. that we may comfort those who are in affliction. That's right. a powerful reminder that it's right. should be a not an option. We need to right. comfort those. Right, exactly. Yeah. All right, we've got a caller on. Great. We'd like to remain anonymous. That's excellent. Welcome to the show. You've got a comment or a story to tell. Well, I am driving the interstate and I heard your show and I've been liking what I hear from Depressed and get out of bed, you know, all the terrible things. 
And I just didn't understand that one until they fixed it because they kept doing the lithium and it wasn't doing anything. So anyway, um, after I sobered up, May 11, 2011, and then I got on my um, antipsychotic pill uh, seven months later, a lot of problems in my life over the next year or so just started fixing themselves because I was on an antipsychotic pill and that took care of my depressed mode and my bipolar mode. I've been in the psych ward probably 10 times in uh, the first 17 years of my marriage. My marriage was never on the rocks in regards to that grade, but um, my husband and I yell and argue an awful lot. We're still together after 27 years. And um, at six years sobriety, uh, I went to AA because I was looking through the channels one day and I came across her and I'm like, boy, I like her, let's hear what she has to say. Well, she's talking to the defendant and the defendant said, I'm a recovered alcoholic. And Judge Judy said, oh, she went to a 12-step program. She did not say AA, but a 12-step program. And I knew she was referring mostly to AA. So I have been on for two to three years trying to figure out, I haven't drank in six years. I, I never heard the word recovered alcoholic. I go, I'm a tiny bit familiar with AA. Uh, so I have been on for two to three years, not really okay, understanding well, what, we're kind of losing you. Your words are getting a little jumbled. It's a little hard to track with you. Yeah, unfortunately, we're gonna um, we we can't get a good enough connection with you. So we really apologize. Right. But I understand you're in your car driving and you're on the right. interstate. So right. I hope you're not holding right. the phone up here <laughs> and doing the right thing. So. But, but know this: I love that you were persistent. I love that you found the right medication because I just think sometimes people say, "Well, Glenn, I'm not going to go to the doctor. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to wait for God to fix me." I think God leads us in certain directions and there's certain people that can help us and we need to be open to that kind of help whatever that might look like mm-hmm. take a little break we'll be come back lots more with dr glenn pickering you can also go to his website glennpickering.com he has a wonderful offer where you can go on and uh, set up an appointment to speak to him for 20 minutes for free and you'll learn a lot in 20 minutes we'll take a little break uh, when we come back we'll continue if you have a, a story you'd like to share 877 933 2484. And I also just want to say a big hello to Amber, who's listening. Be right back. Dr. Glenn Pickering. We're awfully glad to have him in studio. We're talking about this is the day, counter joy, when right. you meet various trials. And our, our faith grows the most during our most difficult times. And we've got some great uh, callers and some great text messages that have come in that has proven that, Glenn, right. that in those very dark and bleak times that you talk right. about, God's at work uh, building your faith. Right. Yep. I really think that's true. And, um, Oh, there's an old Chinese saying that says, you know, when the student is ready, a teacher will appear. And I think it's more true to say the teacher appears and appears and appears and appears. When the student is finally ready, we listen. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Because God is always there trying to teach us, guide us, care for us, shape us, mold us. And then if we hit a hard place, somehow it just makes us a little more open mm-hmm. to hearing that message of love and care and guidance. And so 
there's just an openness in those times, I think, that maybe we don't have in other times. So, Glenn, we have to get better at trusting God's steadfast love, don't we? See, that's what I think. If you listen to all the stories that people tell, and I love those stories, fundamentally they come down to this. I quit trusting myself and telling myself, well, I'll just take care of that. And needed to get way better trusting the God who loves me, cares me, guides me, shapes me, leads me. And, um, and I think, right, every part of our faith walk really, when you boil it all the way down, is to get better and better just trusting that that's true. I got a couple of uh, messages okay, great. just in the last couple of days, not, not specifically okay. for this show, Glenn, but I'm reminded of the, the dark moments, the bleak times, mm-hmm. the, the difficult situations many, many listeners are in. And, of course, my heart breaks, and I want to do whatever I can do, of sure, course. Right. I always start with prayer for that person instantly. But um, I also know that there's a lot of great suffering out there. Right. And prayer is the, is the only thing I can do, and it's what I want to do. Cause right, that's, sure. It's, Absolutely. Um, and I can pray for them by name, especially if they text the show, because then I have their name and I can pray for them, because I'm so glad to do that. Right. Yep. I always ask people to pray for me when I know I'm coming on this show, for example, and it's just powerful. I can literally feel God working through us when we're on this show together, the three of us, and I just love that feeling. It's just so cool. And I just know that that experience of God moving through us while we're doing our show, it really is about all those prayers that I just think we really are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and the power of prayer is just amazing. Mm-hmm. So if we focus on God's steadfast love right. in the middle of our difficult circumstances right. and then be reminded that we can always take our affliction and be a source of comfort for others who are going through that. Right. So how do, we, how do we put ourselves out there and be available for people to allow them to discover that that's an affliction we suffered with and we might right. be able to comfort them? Great. I love that. In fact, let's come back to that prayer that you're just talking about because I think prayer is powerful. I think if we're really serious about wanting to take the comfort that God has given to us and share that with others, and we really, truly want that with our whole heart, then we just need to be praying to notice. Because God literally sends us people every day who just need something from us. And I mean it. It might be a small thing. might be a big thing. might be a call, a text, just a smile, a moment when we listen carefully. But if I'm really praying and saying, God, really help me see those people when you bring them into my life today, we will see them differently. Because now we're more aware, we're listening, and by praying to be more open to that, God will show us in a clearer way those people who need our our heart, our touch, our word, our call, our visit, our something. And I just think to be praying to be open, being that kind of a vessel is a really powerful prayer. And it opens our eyes to all the ways that God actually leads us to be a witness, literally day in and day out. So I just know this. When I talked about that um, example of the seminar, where I was just gently listening to somebody and the guy who was watching could see God working there. It's important to remember, we are always being a witness. We're always witnessing, always, in everything we do. So you just need to be clear. In which direction are you witnessing? <laughs> Are you witnessing, this is awful, we're all alone, this is terrible, nothing can be done about it? Is that your witness? Or is your witness, I care, you matter to me, I'm here for you, I see you, you are loved by God and by others? Which will be your witness? And how can I help? And how can I help, which is a powerful part of that witness. Mm -hmm. 
when you say, how can I help? And they respond with nothing. Then Mm -hmm. what? Then I say, well, you know, probably nothing comes to your mind right now. But I'm betting sometime today or tomorrow or something, you'll have this thought, I wish I had somebody who could help me with this. Mm -hmm. The instant you had that thought, call me up. Why are people so reluctant to receive help? Well, partly, I do think it's just like the same reason why we just think, I'll take care of that myself, why we don't let God help us. It's the same reason why we don't let people help us. We have this ego that thinks, oh, I want to be in charge of everything. Which I don't want to put somebody out. Not, I, I don't want to put somebody out, et cetera, et cetera. And I just think we need to understand this. When people come to me and say, Glenn, if you could help me with this, that'd be so great. I think, oh, okay. And I'm touched that they would think of me, that they could see me as a person who'd be helpful to them. So it's important for all of us to remember, those of us who are not very good at asking for help, to remember when we ask people in our life for help, they will also be touched. It's not going to be a burden. It's not going to be a problem to them. They're going to think, oh, you called me. Somebody calls you up and says, hey, you know, I've been kind of struggling. I've been wondering who I could talk to. And I just thought, I bet I could call my friend John. He'd be a good listener, I bet. Well, think about how it is if you're John and you get that call. I mean, it'd be powerful. So just remember, it's really about being open and paying attention. God will show you the people who need your attention, your love, your care, your listening. Mm -hmm. If we're paying attention, it will become almost shockingly clear. Mm, A very wise listener named Mary said, also because we don't believe people are genuine, we think they are disingenuous about their offering. Right. Mm. Right. Which is all just a way of saying, (laughs) I don't want to be vulnerable enough to ask. Mm -hmm. We don't like vulnerable. But you just notice every single person who called in today in their story, it was when they let themselves be vulnerable that suddenly their life changed around. Mm-hmm. So going from our ego thinking, oh, I got this, I can take care of this, to think, no, I really need and want help from God and from the people in my life. I want to be vulnerable enough and open enough to that to accept it when it comes to me. That's powerful. Yeah. So being able to receive is important um, because people love to give. They right. love to be helpers. but. Right then you also have to be receivers. Yep. And so when somebody calls you and says, I think you could help me, right? Uh, that kind of lights up your scoreboard, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. And it's important for us all to remember that that's true. I did write in one of my books somewhere, which I forget which one right now, to, to be honest, but about how those of us who are too controlling, we don't find it hard to give. It's easy to give because see, when you're giving, you're in charge you're of what control. you give and who you give it yeah. to. But being a receiver, being a gracious receiver means I accept the gift. I'm not in control of that gift. It's just mine to accept it. And that's all of us who are too far to the controlling end of the spectrum. <laughs> that's our life work. Yeah. We are gracious receivers. We've got another uh, question that's yeah. coming in from, let's see, Rebecca. <laughs> She's to my right and about <laughs> five, six feet away. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bill, for taking my call. Of course. Long-time listener, <laughs> I'll, first-time caller. I'll hang, I'll, I'll, I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> well, I... I I have to confess that I find myself in that position where it's it's difficult often for me to ask for help or to recognize when I'm in that place. Right. Um, and I've been confronted with that an awful lot recently over the last <laughs> couple years of my life. Uh-huh. So as I'm receiving that help, and I, right. I want to turn around and extend that to others, right. like you said, Glenn, it it may seem like there are fewer opportunities now, especially right. if we're more isolated from people, maybe yep. we don't have the regular church groups or, or opportunities. What are some good ways that people can say, I, I want to use what I'm learning to, to help other people? Is is that just an individual thing or what are well, some good ideas? I love that question. Thank you for that question. May God bless you. Okay, now, so here's five bucks. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> 
Thank you. What I think is this. Let's say I really want to be helpful, but I don't know who to be helpful to. And I do want you guys to pay attention and just notice all the people God brings into your life. But we could also just take a prayer moment and say, God, put on my heart a name, a person, a picture, a word that you want me to share today. And a person or a picture or a place will come to your mind, I promise you. And you're going to think, oh, I would have never thought of calling Mark, but that's a great idea now that I think of it. (laughs) (laughs) And I promise God will put a name, a person, a a reason on your heart or a word. And if we're open, God will always work with us. Mm -hmm. Always. That is such a good point. Glenn, uh, I'm always... um find that there's so much I walk away with when you come on the show. So thanks oh, again for being oh, here. Oh, gosh, thank you very much. Let me also direct the listeners to glennpickering.com, G-L-E-N-N-P-I-C-K-E-R-I-N-G. Glenn has this lovely offer about halfway down his webpage that says if you would like a, a complimentary uh, free 20-minute consultation, he'd be more than happy to do it. All you do is fill out this little form, and there's no obligation, and uh, he will arrange a time to talk for 20 minutes, and you will uh, learn a lot in 20 minutes. But that's our show for today, and I've loved this time together with you, and thank you for listening, and thank you for saying, hey, Bill's on. I'm going to tune in. Check it out. (laughs) I just look forward to that, and I'm looking forward to tomorrow already. We've got Salvation uh, Series continues tomorrow. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.